Hello, and welcome to episode two of Real Life with the Tina Twist. At the end of episode one, we touched on the topic of doing it all or not. So today we're going to dive deeper into the subject of not doing it all. As we record this, we've just turned the page on our calendar and it's the start of 2022. As with all New Year's, there's a motivation to do more, be more, change, be more perfect than you were in the previous year. This is all great if it is also accompanied with prioritization and focus. If it is on top of everything you were already trying to do before the new year, then maybe you want to keep listening. Today, we'll cover what not doing it all looks like at home, but also at work. I'll talk about burnout, my own experience, and it's particularly because it's a rising crisis in our workplaces and our homes, thanks to the lovely global pandemic we're all enduring. I'll share with you what I've learned along the way. Oprah Winfrey has been quoted as saying, you can have it all, just not all at once. And she's absolutely right. So doing it all at home, what does that look like to you? If you had asked me when my kids were really small, it would have been having the perfect house, always clean, well-balanced meals on the table every night, happy and also always clean, kids, a perfect figure, a perfect marriage, being well-rested, all while making it look like it was simple and easy. I'm sure I've missed something in that list, but you know, you get the drift. What it really looks like, though, is that sometimes there are dust bunnies, or sometimes things don't get done, or they do, but not how I would do them. And sometimes we order takeout, even if there is food to cook in the refrigerator. Over time, I have learned what my priorities are and what I'm okay to let slide. I have learned, a big one, to ask for help. As a young mom, I exhausted myself trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. I was grumpy (laughs) almost every Saturday morning, predictably, whizzing around the house, tidying, cleaning, being frustrated that no one could read my mind that I wanted them to help. With the odd utterance of, I'm not the maid, thrown in for good measure on Saturdays. Then Sundays were spent doing food prep all day long, ensuring that we ate well, i.e. perfectly, all week. And the trade-off was that I was exhausted going back to work on Monday mornings. I didn't make any time on the weekend to enjoy my family, nor rest. My house was clean, my meals were ready, and I was miserable and exhausted. Not a great combination. So what about now? What have I changed? So right now I sense my frustration coming on when there's dog hair flying around or the kid's bathroom is a disaster. And we talk about what needs to be done as a family and who is going to do it. I get the to-do list out of my head and we divide and conquer amongst ourselves. And that's all of us, including our, our youngest one who's just six. He chips in as well. We often order our meals through a grocery delivery service, so all we need to do is cook, and that takes away the meal planning and the shopping part of our weekends, and the kids participate in choosing the meals and in some of the meal prep. It's not perfect, but it works for us, and it's one way that helps me relinquish some of that control I was keeping on everything that had to be done in the home. 
Now, if I spend Sundays in the kitchen, it's because I want to, not because I need to. And it's usually because I want to bake some sort of French pastry. (laughs) We should do a whole episode on French pastries, Dan. (laughs) If this is sounding all too familiar to you, uh, I'm going to keep telling you my story today, but I would encourage you to read the book Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu, and we'll link that in the notes. Um, It's a really well-written and practical look at how to let go in order to thrive. So if you read it, let me know and please send me, send me a note either through our website or by email. I'll, I'll share what those addresses are in a little bit. So let's talk about doing it all at work. This is a really tough one. I found it's even tougher than uh, you know, trying to be Wonder Woman at home. I spent many, many years of my career wearing my work capacity as a badge of honor. So when I was asked to do something on top of my current workload, the answer was almost always yes. I'll figure it out. I was hungry for new experience, for development, for exposure. And I most certainly didn't want to be the one known as saying no. Asking for help at work as a woman is tough. And I'm talking about it here today because maybe it wasn't just tough for me. Maybe it's tough for you too. So here is what I learned absolutely the hard way. We all have our limits. So here's my story. Uh, Shortly after our third child was born, I cut my maternity leave short so I could start a new job in an exciting new company. It's all really exciting. I got to work on a big project that increased in size as time went on, and I loved it. As the project grew, I did more and more. You know where this is going. I had some more help as the project grew, but I didn't directly have anyone to share my workload with. So my solution was work longer days, start earlier, work on vacation. It was all worth it. Until it wasn't. Enter burnout. As the project was close to being delivered, I changed jobs to one I'd really wanted for a long time. I was leading a team. The reality was that at this time of switching jobs, I was doing two full-time jobs for a few months when I had already taken on way too much in my previous role that I was trying to offboard. I would arrive at the office between 6 and 6.30 in the morning. I'd sit down at my desk and try and dig myself out of mountains and mountains of emails that really never stopped building up. And I couldn't focus on any of it. I had a new team who'd needed me, and rightfully so, and a previous team that still needed me, which was completely my fault. My previous team needed me because I had no one to delegate to, and I should have spoken up and screamed for help sooner than I did. I just said yes to it all. And I didn't advocate for myself, nor ask for help before it was too late. I had reached my limit. Now, the end result wasn't just about having more workload than I could handle, but it meant that I wasn't performing well in either job. I didn't onboard into my new role well or up to my own standards. And my new team felt like I was hard to get a hold of or too busy for them. Not a great first impression. I dropped the ball on key elements of the project that was nearing completion and others had to fill in the gaps to keep things moving. I was completely embarrassed. 
I had prided myself on being Wonder Woman, and now I couldn't get anything done well, let alone up to my own standards. I also wasn't super awesome to be around at home. You can just ask Dan about that one. (laughs) I slowly crawled out of this exhaustion and became better at my new job over time, but it took a really long time, like basically a whole year, for me to feel like myself again. So what? What did I learn and what can you take from this? First of all, I'm sorry, but you can't do it all. (laughs) It's true. Each one of us has 24 hours in a day and eight of those-ish should be spent sleeping. Just please trust me on that one. Sleep is magical. Sleep is absolutely magical. The sooner you realize that you can't do it all, the happier you'll be. So how do you stop trying to do it all? You have to prioritize. And I know I said this at the beginning, and it's super simple to say and so hard to do. But if everything is important, then nothing is actually important. Personally, I do this by week in my agenda. I do it by month when I look at a new month flipping over. And then I adjust based on what life throws at me personally and professionally. I'm prepared to reprioritize as life changes. And I think the pandemic has taught us a lot about changing our priorities or having to flex, more so than any of us had ever experienced in our lives before. The important part about prioritizing is not making your to-do list and just changing things on the to-do list. It's also deciding what will not get done, whether that's at home or at work or both. It's also about deciding what needs to be done, but maybe doesn't need to be done by you. What can be done by someone else, whether it's at home, by your family, or asking for help, hiring someone outside if that's something that's available to you, allowing you to focus on your top priorities. At work, if you lead a team, take a chance on someone on your team for them to do something that maybe you would have normally done. What a gift for them to be able to develop by doing something new and having the trust of their leader to do it. It also takes something off your plate and still gets the work done. It's win-win. If you don't have a team, ask your leader for help. Outline your priorities. Explain what would need to fall off the list for you to deliver well on those items you've prioritized. And discuss either what won't get done or if there's someone else maybe on your team or within the organization that can help. Make sure those items do still get done that need to be done. Do be careful to prioritize based on what is important to the business, not just on what you like to do. Some of that stuff you don't like to do still does need to get done. (laughs) At home, trust your kids or spouse to do something that you normally would have done, but you can't prioritize today or this week or this month. They will not do it exactly how you would have, but done is so much better than perfect. In all these circumstances, resist that urge to micromanage. Be around for questions, but don't look over shoulders. Allow people to learn so that they can do it themselves next time without you even needing to ask. The last thing I want to touch on is the Wonder Woman image. Resist, resist, resist. (laughs) I have a Wonder Woman mug, and there's maybe there's people who have worked with me before who have seen that mug on uh, teleconferences or webcasts. 
I really like the mug. It's huge. It holds a lot of coffee. I love coffee. I used to drink out of it every day. It was like a badge of honor, that thing. That mug now sits in my basement. It's lonely on a shelf collecting dust, and I don't use it anymore. Still great size. Love lots of coffee. I took off that cape, and I don't want it back on. Wonder Woman is a fictional character, as is the perfect anyone, you know, perfect wife, perfect employee, perfect parent. They don't exist. We're all humans, and by nature, that means we are not perfect. Seek to be the best version of you for you. But don't seek to be Wonder Woman or any other fictional character. They aren't real. I'm convinced that society's illusion of Wonder Woman is what contributed to my burnout. As women, we're surrounded by influences that tell us we need to do it all or be it all or have it all. And just like Wonder Woman is fictional, so too is this message. As Oprah said, you can have it all, just not all at once. I would love to hear from you about what you would prioritize and what you would let let go of to help achieve your goals. If you can't be Wonder Woman, but you can't, what would you let go of? Shoot me a note on tinagravespodcast at gmail.com or through our website at tinagraves.org. As I close this episode, I want to come back to where we started on episode one. This is my story. Your story will and should look unique to you. And because we all own our stories, we have the power to write them the way we want to. In episode three, we're going to talk about courage and confidence. Some big, big lessons I've learned over the last few years that I want to share with you. We're going to talk about how courage and confidence go hand in hand. If you have other topics that you would love to hear about, shoot us a note. Until next time, take care, stay safe, and live your life with a twist.